I got to get me a therapist mm-hmm. to deal with my past. And I got to get me a coach to deal with my future. Mm-hmm. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right, welcome to uh, the same edition of Social Proof Podcast, part two. Uh, we had a, a, a break and had a chance to eat and have conversation around the table. Um, I like to go around and kind of get your ahas because I think everybody shared, but everybody got a takeaway from the shares. Am I right? So um, we'll, we'll start here since the fellas won last game, last time. Kendall, <laughs> Kendall, um, your aha moments for you, right? Because I And j- just to kind of... Um, some people think because you're the person on stage or you're teaching or you're coaching that you're not dealing with stuff too. So this was act, this is actually the topic because me personally, I was going through some undefined emotions and I had to come up with a cool way to get some coaching around it. For free. For free. <laughs> I don't know how I'd get these people together to help me with my problems. Because I, too, have problems. And as you guys continue to grow and as entrepreneurs, you become successful. People know your name and see you in the airport and run you down. You will still have certain problems. But the, the objective is to continue to learn and continue to grow. The, I think one of the worst things you can, one of the biggest challenges with success is you're successful and you know it. And it's hard for you to receive information from people who are, on the same level as you, or as uh, not as successful as you would deem in this one particular area of your life. So um, that's why I know for a fact that all of us have some sort of takeaways. That's why I asked you all first, what did you take away? Like we have to have conversation around the things that we learn, not just let it hit us and we leave. So Kendall, I love to hear your aha and uh, your takeaway. I think the, the biggest one for me was knowing that it is real that there are other people who are focusing on being uh, as we mature more than doing. So I hear Coach Kelly and my man right here and Zeus and everybody, it's like, yo, you, you got to a point financially, but now how are you gonna become a grown up? How are you gonna become a mature man and woman? And that was like, yes, we ain't out here all by ourselves. Like now it can go out into the world. Like you gonna get a bag. If you get up every day and go to work, you're going to make money. How much depends on how great of an individual you are. Have you gotten to that point? But at a certain point, when does the body come before the bag? Strong. 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 Yeah. I I think I got takeaways from everybody here this last session, but I think the one that's resonated with me the most right now is Zeus's, uh, when he told his story about his daughter. And um, I think what it helped me see, my takeaway, at least from my life with that, is sometimes you got to be willing to dig deep enough to find a why that will help you get the transformation you're looking to get in whatever area. Sometimes that why isn't on the surface. And you got to dig deep enough to be able to uh, find it. Like my coaching mentor, um, and this came back to me when you said this, he, he said this to me uh, some time ago. He said, if your why doesn't make you cry, the price of commitment will always be too high. Mm. Mm. 
your why doesn't make you cry, the price of commitment will be too high. That's wow. Wow. That's strong. So, yeah. yeah. So, again, as as Darius said, I mean, I've I've taken away a lot from everybody here, um, but your that reverse engineering that obituary uh, methodology that right there, like taking them in such deep waters, right? To to show them what it looks like, and and. And that's again like making it more meaningful. Uh, you made it more meaningful th to them. Like that's as deep as it gets when you're on your deathbed or when you're gone and you want people to say certain things about you that takes you into a very unique headspace. You can't reproduce that. Like the thought of you being dead, that terrifies a lot of people. Like even thinking about it, exploring, there's a lot of people in this room that probably haven't, they don't have any wills. You don't have your will because it's, that's so hard to, to even think about. You don't want to think about your death. So that tactic, that method there, that was that was powerful. That's strong. That's that. strong. I would say probably my takeaway would be, um, I got I got so many, and there's so many running through my mind. But one is there's certain rooms in my house that I haven't gone in. Like I am a father to my daughters. But I haven't really revisited my relationship with my parents mm -hmm. to kind of get a different perspective of understanding what my children will go through when dealing with me. And in my head, I just had like this flash of maybe some of the things that my parents didn't get right. And because I don't explore it, I might do some of the same things. I might carry certain things that I, uh, or you know, toxic traits that I learned from my parents. And there's like generations right? Like th there are some households where everybody yells because that's what we do. So your, your parent might say, hey, I want you to clean your room. I want you to clean your room. And you don't know that they're serious until they say, you got to clean your room. Because only when you yell, that means you're serious. So we got a whole bunch of yellers. To, that, that's the tone in the household. I was, I was fortunate not to deal with that because my parent, my, my father, he'd say, well, something one time, if I didn't say, if I didn't respond, it was attack. Clean your room. I thought I told you to clean your room. And we just go in, he never had to yell, right? So I'm thinking, I'm, that was something that I, I, I got from my parents or I, I said on the podcast before, that any time before they disciplined me, my mom would talk to me first, then discipline me and then talk to me again, which is a, a takeaway, right? So. I don't want to lose control with my kids and I forget to talk to them so that they know I'm not mad at them. I just don't like the thing that you did. It's not that I hate you. I just hate the thing that, that occurred. And I, ne I never questioned whether my parents didn't like me or not. I knew it every time. And, I, and it, it was so bad. I'm like, yo, I don't even want to talk. Just beat me, please. Because that's the, <laughs> the conversation feels worse than the beating, don't it? Because you feel like I let this person down. Mm. So there's certain things that I, and you know, I've, I've been running through my, my, my brain, like just exploring the rooms of my relationship with my parents and how that happened. Some things I'd like that they did, some things I didn't like, some things that it made me feel good, some things didn't make me feel so good. So that was good for me. Kels. Um, I learned something from everyone here, but I have to say the one that resonated with me the most was from Zeus. And we're being transparent here, are we? Yeah. May I? Absolutely. So mine, um, being a little fluffy, you know, as you can see, I'm a little fluffy. So when he started talking about 
uh, working out and you know bringing it back to why really aren't you? I started thinking um, when we didn't we recently built a state of the art gym in our home. Now I don't go down there as much as I did when I had to go to LA Fitness because I had to. It, it was more intentional. You have to get the clothes. You lay them out the night before. I'm going to be at the gym at seven o'clock in the morning. But we built the gym in our home supposedly to make it easier. But what I now realize is when something is real easy to do, it's mm. as easy not to do. You're talking, Kelly. So I can say, I'm going to go down in the morning, but then the day gets away and the day gets away. So it's almost like I want to tell myself I need to have a conversation with Zeus. But as soon as I say that, I don't need to have a conversation with Zeus because he's going to discover some things. So how often do we do that? Do we know what we should do, but we don't do it because it might take us to a place, but we really need to go to that place. And I personally, I can't think of any, any kind of trauma that I had in my life that I know of. I mean, I grew up in a two parent household, blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't have anything, but what if Zeus finds out that I have something? So like Dave said, as entrepreneurs, as, as high level leaders, um, a lot of you guys think that we have it all together. We're human. We don't have it all together. So this conversation has caused me to sit and think, what do I need to push up against to get to my next level? And it's not about being fluffy or less fluffy. Mm -hmm. It's about facing those things that are gonna take me to my next level. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna give Zeus my point, because we competing, we might win. <laughs> but uh, it was when you were talking about your asthma, and then when you finally, or when you didn't have it, right? Everybody in your family had asthma, and then the time that you fell down, everybody reached it and gave you their inhaler. And so when I think about two things, Napoleon Hill says, I have the ability to control and direct my own mind into whatever means I desire, right? So it, it also went to your daughter where they were like, oh, she's going to be sick for the rest of her life. You were like, no, I have the power to control and direct her own mind until she has the capacity to do it for her desire, right? Um, so that was the first part. And then the second part was we have people around us who will allow us to fall down and then they'll sympathize with you. So who are you hanging around? Even your family, right? Like if you've been healthy your whole life, but they had a condition. And when you failed, they didn't say, get up. They said, here you go. So we can't keep leaning on broken people for yeah. support and wonder why we keep falling down. Uh, mine is a combination of what I've heard from everybody here tonight. Almost a confirmation for me, I don't believe in the concept of being completely healed. I don't think healed exists. I think that we are always in a state of healing. I believe that we're always in a state of becoming. I think if someone is trying to overcome, uh, you know, we say things like, don't date a man who still has mommy issues, right? Wait until he's healed from that or don't date a woman who is still suffering from daddy issues, wait until she's healed from that. And I believe that there are things that we can do that allow us to cope with these things and function in a healthy manner through these things. But I also believe that there can be that one trigger, whether in five years or 15 years, 
that will reconnect you and re-engage you with whatever that trauma is. So I believe that we are constantly healing and hearing from every speaker here who's on the panel tonight, one thing, you guys are all a very well personally developed group of people. Everybody here has mentioned a mentor or a coach or a book, something that you've referenced. And I'm hearing from, you know, like you, Kendall, you're 11 years into your marriage and there are still areas that you were working on day one that you're still working on 11 years later. I believe that we have to give each other grace when it comes to emotional intelligence, whether it's on the good side or the, not, the part that doesn't feel so great. Give each other grace because healed to me isn't a thing. Healing is something that we're constantly doing. And I believe that many of us genuinely want to always be in the state of healing. That's what I get from this panel here. So I do want to get in some of the um, like kind of who you had to become to get to the level that you're at right now. So um, maybe not the whole story, but parts of your journey where you had to become something different. Because that's what we talked about. The first half is the becoming. We have to become. And I want to know what it looked like. So uh, I, I guess I want to start with, um, with matter of fact, let's start with Christy. You have a very interesting story um, because you help women predominantly make more money in a corporate arena, right? So, to the tune of $11 million in raise, you take some people from making X amount of dollars to a lot of money. And I'll let you kind of share that a little bit. Then I'll ask a follow-up question. I, I always ask my clients, are you who you are or are you who life made you, right? Are you who you are or are you who life made you? Life made me somebody completely different. So, you know, through a career and, it's, and regardless of whether or not it's in the military, whether or not it's in corporate, black women catch it when we go into work environments with predominantly white men. We're not prepared for the warfare that comes along with trying to be successful. So not only do we have to do our jobs, we have to fight day in and day out. Psychological mind games, you know, there is physical aggression that's going on. And as we continue to evolve, we're not only carrying the stuff from our past, now we're adding to the baggage that we're carrying with all the fights and the battles that we have. So when we make it, we don't know we made it because we're bleeding from the battle scars of what it took to get there. And because we're secretly successful, nobody can really know we crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody really cares that we're bleeding and that we're in pain. I made four times the amount of money than my family. So do they really care that Chrissy is in trouble? Wow. You know, and when I tell people, they be like, oh, that's nothing. Listen to me. So I'm in silence in my pain. And so when I think about Kate Spade, are you listening to Kate Spade, the human, her suffering soul, or are you watching her brand? So who can we really tell as senior women that we're in trouble? Who's going to care and who's going to help us unpack what we have? So life made me somebody completely different. Left the, the Coast Guard with three and a half years, left to retire with a full pension. Um, I was crazy. I was, I was so crazy, y'all. I ran away like Tina Turner, ran from Ike in that white suit because I couldn't stay there and a lot of women are dying in their jobs 
because we are not willing to give up what we fought for. We're not willing to give up the position that we bled for, so we die. Or we have high blood pressure, or we have strokes, or we get cancer and die for what? So I left, cracked up, and as I laid on the ground, I thought about, you know how your parents say, we're gonna give you something to think about. I thought about how did I get here? How did I have it all and feel like I had nothing? How did I have everything that people admired, but I felt like I was no one? And I'll say this and I'll wrap it up. I lost the ability to be able to value myself because I gave it to them. Wow. You know, do you like me? Let me shuck and jive to the beat of whatever you want me to play or whatever drum that you're going to beat so I can get the performance review so I can get promoted. I'm taking hummus and cream cheese pinwheels to my family in South Carolina. They were like, what is this? <laughs> you know, so we give away parts of who we are and we suffocate in our success, in our Gucci. And, and we're so crazy, but we can't tell anybody. And so um, after I got it together, God was like, go help women. I was like, I ain't trying to do that. Right. Because I didn't want to tell my story. So a lot of times you have people who are telling their story. You sharing your trauma, you're not sharing your testimony. Wow. Right. But then you have things that you've overcome that God has given you the grace to overcome to now turn around when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. You've converted from pain to being healed, from crazy to being, you know, to, to being whole and complete. And then you say, I can't make money in this business. God gave you the provision that's free to now turn around and, and, and pull people out of their fire. So that's what I do. I pull people out of the fire that, that I escaped, that you really can't tell when you look at me. So I think it was, um, I don't know who I was talking to. They said, oh, it was, it was our panel. We were talking about what makes you happy. I'm like, or what, what's the question that you wish people would ask you? It was like, Chris, why are you so happy? He's like, you have no idea. You know, the hell I survived to be who I am. So yes, I'm happy when I wake up in the morning because I'm not carrying the burdens of the past and the burdens of other people who try to bestow their burdens on me and call that a gift because I'm a coach. I'm not doing that. So. Mm. Give me some of the, I, I thought, I, yeah, we can that up. <laughs> Give me some of the, um, like some of the examples of the women that you helped. I thought that was the coolest thing. Yeah. So we have a, a, one of my clients recently, she went from 210,000 to 625,000 in eight weeks. Mm, wow. On their job. On their job, yeah. So, so the 11, 11.2 now million dollars in raises that we got is women, it's corporate. Like she was already worth 625,000. She didn't think she was that impressive because she's carrying the trauma from her past. She's talking to people who won't let her be great. She's talking to people who will allow her to be comfortable. Girl, you struggling? I'm struggling too. No, let's talk about getting this money. I don't want you to comfort me in my comfort zone. Anybody who comforts you in being complacent is your worst enemy. If you say, oh, I can't do this, and your friend agrees with you, that is your enemy. That is not your friend. Because a friend will say, get up. Woo! 
Yes. And they put numbers up on the board right now. Okay. Oh, just to go. I was I like, think they, we're in the real quick. Can can we just vote real quick? I was like, I think, no, no. <laughs> if the I think they win right in now. The lead on the points right now. Let me just hear you clap for them one time. It's the men. It's we're the all men. strong okay. claps. Okay. If the ladies are in the lead on the points right now. <laughs> Boo. But as you were. So um, I, I want to go to you, Kendall. Um, to, to go through some of your story on your breakthrough and what you what you had what you had to become to get here. So I'm gonna shift it up and say who I'm becoming yeah. to get here. So I've been a full time entrepreneur for nearly 30 years. I've been doing it. I haven't worked a nine to five since the early 90s. Um, I might get a little caught up on this emotionally. I was a alcoholic. I was selling dope, using dope, womanizer, a liar, a hustler, building businesses, making drips, no strings. Mm. And I used to get drunk and look at myself in the mirror and talk to myself and be like, yo, you know you're better than this. Mm -hmm. Looking for what I needed to do to get that next, that next lick. Call up the big homie like, yo, let me get a half of so I could move it and the drips were coming, but I would never, I could never keep it. I couldn't keep a good solid relationship. I was a horrible father to my kids. And one day, and I used to get, when I got married on this 11 years to my wife now, we've been together for over 20. But I used to go to the shop and get drunk and call and be like, yo, I ain't coming home because I'm out drinking and I ain't want to go from Smyrna to Gwinnett and catch another DUI because I ain't have no driver's license. Mm. I drove dirty for 15 years. I used to sit in the garage, get drunk after being at the bar all night and I was a closet smoker. So packs of Newport and be on the phone arguing with my wife and she in the bedroom. And one day I, I was arguing with her about something she was writing about and I was talking about money. <laughs> Hold on. He was arguing about, oh, yeah, about something she was writing about. Something she was writing about. And my male ego kicked in. I said, male, not man. My male ego kicked in. And she said, nigga, you don't pay what you wear. I didn't even argue with her. I couldn't even argue with her. And that was, that was the one thing. And I'm still talking to myself. I don't. People ask me, yo, how'd you stop drinking? Ask me about how many years I said I was gonna stop. Because I was a liar to myself first. So my character was in the basement. But I was hustling, I was making drips. One day I was at my man's house drinking. It was about 11 o'clock, it had got dark. And I hit her up and I'm like, yo, I ain't coming home because I don't wanna go drive dirty. And she just got quiet, she ain't say nothing. And I was like, Hello? She was like, okay. But you know, it was that silence like, you got a problem. And it was that night where I was like, yeah, I'm done. Now I said it before, but what I wanted to do was more important than what I wanted to do. But now what I wanted was more important than what I wanted to do. And I knew that she was on the, like, I'm good, I'm done. Like this is, it's too much now. And so that morning, I, as at five o'clock, as soon as the sun came up, I said, yo, let me head on out. I threw away the pack. I said, I'm done. And I haven't drinking since, I haven't drank since then. Nothing. 
And watch. That's not. That ain't the thing. Ever since I let go of all of the things and I changed who I was, she went from looking at me sideways to straightaways. So when I started to do the things that I needed to do and be the man that I needed to be, that's when drips turned to strings. Wow. Now, so here's the thing. So I always say most people want what it looks like, but they don't want what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So I was doing my thing. I, you know, I stopped. I wanted the bread. I wanted the money. I wanted what it looked like. I wanted the car. I wanted all the clothes. I wanted what it looked like. But because I wasn't willing to go through what it feels like, I didn't qualify to get to what it looked like. And then, and then, and then, <laughs> and then I finally said, yo, no more this, no more that my character, and then the drip started turning to streams. And I got caught up with the stream. I kind of fell back into the mindset of, I got things now, I got bread now, I got money. And I had a bad month a couple years ago. And I was like, ooh. And then it hit me. You might not be drinking, you might not be hustling, you might not be smoking, but what's your husbandry look like? What does your parenting look like? Are you a good friend? And I had to rethink everything. And I said, you know what? I got to be a whole man. And I made a commitment and I said, I'm not chasing bags no more. I'm going after the body. That's why I train and work out. Because it keeps me humble to know that at any moment I can be taken right back. That's why I don't drink. I ain't even thinking about a drink. Because I realized like, yo, if I take a sip, because I can't drink socially. I'm, I have a very addictive personality. If I go back to who I was, not only do I lose everything, I can't explain to my daughter, like, yo, I fell off. I did a smash and grab. I can't explain to my wife, like, yo, I'm not really the man that I said I was. I reverted back to being a liar. And so for me, it was becoming that man that I used to look in the mirror and say you needed to be. And I used to tell myself, yo, you got to stop doing this and stop doing that. But it was feeling too good. I wanted what it looked like. That's why I used to sleep in the airports. That's why I used to be everywhere. That's why I used to grind so hard. And now I don't grind for things, I grind for people. And the people starts, so with my wife, I didn't build the crib for her, for me. I built it for her. I don't take trips for me. I, for her, whatever she wants, she get. So impressive your husband's out here. Yeah. Man, oh my gosh. So I, for me, last point, for me, it's a journey on becoming better than who, not, not the alcoholic. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm an OG today, but now tomorrow I'm like, how can I be a better OG? How can I be a better example? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better friend? How can I communicate better? How can I, how can I win? I got bread, but how can I become a whole man? I would, uh, I, would, I would love to hear your journey of the becoming, which is still a process. Even like just now, I feel like both of us just became something because Zeus was really judging us. <laughs> I felt like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just cheesecake. <laughs> but I didn't have the dessert. You did not. <laughs> but, but you know, the, the thing is, you took away the same thing I took away. You know what I mean? Like, yo, there's, there's some areas of our life where we need to really get serious. But I, I'd love to know your your journey of the becoming Coach Kelly, the person people should look to now. Yes. So I I have struggled for a long time, honestly, with really 
giving a voice to my journey of becoming because I don't have the story that many people have, like you were the drug dealer, you were the alcoholic, or you were this person, now you're this person. I don't have a before and after story that's that stark. So I thought for a long time I didn't have a voice because of that. But what I have found is that my story is that I was living by the world's view of success. Go to college, get the good job, get married, have children, and that is life. That's what I did because that was the blueprint that we had. Not that it's our parents' fault, that was the blueprint that they had. So they, can't, they couldn't give us something that they didn't have until one day I'm sitting at my cubicle at my good government job. Come on y'all, good government job that they told us to get and making my six figure salary, had traveled the world, working in American embassies, doing all the things, running and gunning. I was, a, I was an investigator for DOJ. We probably have some, some things. Um, and I was on one side and you were on the other. We'll, say, we'll keep it like that. If I have to tell you, I have to kill you. But I, I did all those things, but, but my journey is that I realized I get to redefine success. I'm sitting in, at work in a cubicle downtown uh, federal building. And I'm like, this is not, okay, I started at what age? And they want me to work to what age? Mm -hmm. To get a gold watch? It's not even a Rolex? <laughs> I mean, like, what, what are we doing here? But that's what they told us. And so from that, I started redefining what success could mean for me. And the thing is, we all get to do that if we would just do that. All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it, and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon, we put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So even this podcast we're listening to right now, there needs to be conversation. I want to hear what you got. I want to hear what you got. Like, let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect, connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. Um, the, support is, um, the support is appreciated, okay? Thank you so much. Now back to the episode and not go from everyone else's view or the world's view of success. And from that, I started doing uh, self-help and, and personal development type things. And, um, and that's what really landed me, me here today. I, um, just, a, just a short journey was that I started a hobby. And the hobby was centered around fashion, earrings, clothing. I started a boutique on the side. And I discovered in that is that a lot of women that would come and shop at my boutique that I had on the side, that I even had to get permission to even have this. Mm -hmm. You know, when you work for the government in certain arenas, you yeah. have to get permission. You have to put in paperwork to send it to headquarters to ask them, can you have a side gig? Which oh, sounds wow. completely crazy to me now, you know? So- I'm shocked, really. It's craziness, right? They, they, they to need to great. make sure, right, they don't want you to they be great. They don't want you to be great. So they need to make sure it doesn't conflict with their mission for your life, right? Whoa, so, it doesn't conflict with, <laughs> with their, their mission, mission for your life. For your yeah. life. Mm -hmm. So I started this boutique on the side, multi-million dollar brand very, very quickly. But what I discovered is the women that would come and shop there, 
they were trying to cover up something. Mm -hmm. They were trying to look good for what they could not express, which is what we've all talked about mm -hmm. here today. And from that, that morphed into me going back to uh, get an education in, in life coaching and such. And then people would come to me and say, you know, how did you build this business that quickly? And uh, then that morphed into business coaching and me coaching coaches. But what I've discovered here more recently in the past couple of years is that the whole time I was being molded. I was being shaped. I was being, um, becoming a, a vessel. And I am not there yet, as you're saying. I am always unfolding. We're all always unfolding into that, that next level of ourselves. And I'll close by saying what, um, what Dr. Darius said to me on the break that just like brought me to tears. He said, I listened to a speech that you had last week. We were at Myron Golden's Inner Circle. And uh, he said, I wasn't there physically, but I was there listening. And um, I wanna let you know that God trusts you. Mm -hmm. And no one's ever said that to me. And that's just a mouthful to hear a pastor say, God trusts you. So that is like really permeating um, in my spirit because what that says is what is my next level? And am I willing to say yes? Are you willing to say yes when that next level is knocking at the door for you and you don't know what it looks like? You, you might know what it feels like, but it doesn't feel like what you, it doesn't feel good to go to that next level, but, you're, but look at you on the other side now. This is what you're supposed to be doing and who are you doing it for? You sat and you said, I, I'm doing it for my wife now. She gets whatever she wants, she gets. So I just think, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be here with, with all of us that are, that are leaders, that are high level leaders, just pushing to our next level, even when it's uncomfortable. Oh, um, Zeus, I, I want to come to you because you went through a very, very powerful part of your story. Um, in, in how in how you got here, and you just painted this picture, and I just see like you in the middle, and everybody's handing you their 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 inhaler, or like people. Some of us may have grown up on the wrong side of the tracks, and everybody's handing us a pack to go sell, or everybody's handing us something, right? And I I, I thought that was just a incredible. I, I can't wait to go back and listen to that part, but I'd like to know even now because you are a life coach what are some of the areas that still trigger you today? Or what are some of the areas that you are looking to grow through that you haven't necessarily figured out? Or you figured out and you just don't know how to get out of it. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're, you're an industry professional. And what I know to believe is that all humans go through stuff. So what is that, what is that next level for you and how do you get there? So there's, so much like Donnie, expressed like I'm of the mind that we are all eternally flawed okay so there is no such thing as perfection when it comes to humanity period which means there's something that we can all work on every day <clears throat> for the remainder of our lives so for me it's it's enhancing every part of myself right there, there is and this is the, the perspective that I've had for since I was a boy. I've always known that in order for me to qualify for the things that I wanted in life, 
I needed to become more daily to deserve those things, right? Hold on, to qualify. Mm -hmm. Say one more time. So in order for me to qualify for the things that I wanted in life, like I had to become more daily, right? Because like, that's a very interesting way you put it to be able to qualify for some of the things that you want. Like. Yeah, you you have to qualify that's for the true. things you want. You know, like, and, and this is a real simple example. There's a lot of people out here that are like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to ten, I want to. Uh, whether it's a woman that wants a man or a man that wants a woman, they want a 10, you don't qualify for a 10. <laughs> and it, it's not just about looks. It, it's not just about looks. That's only one dimension, right? You may not have done enough personal development to qualify for a 10, right? And it's not about your baggage. It's how you manage your baggage, okay? If you're a poor manager... Mm. If you're a poor manager, Donnie, you okay? You struck a nerve, did it? Joe, <laughs> yeah. Joe has a moving napkin. a candle and it fell over. Anyway, so. If you're if you're a poor manager of your baggage, you don't you don't qualify for certain people that have put that work in, and they manage their baggage well, right? So, from my youngest years, I was planning on okay, what kind of father do I want to be? Right? What kind of husband do I want to be? What kind of community leader do I want to be? And if I and so once I decided what I wanted to be, I was like, oh, okay, oh Jesus. That's 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 a lot. Because I want a queen, I want a 10. I want a woman who who is 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 top of the line in, in every arena. But I have to make sure I'm top of the line in every arena. So I got I, I better get started now. Right? So same thing with being a father. Like I've been planning on what kind of father I wanted to be since I was a kid, putting in that work. And so, you know, uh, and you you mentioned, you know, are you basically uh, are you a, a byproduct of your experiences in your rearing, or were you more involved in your personal development? Because a lot of people are not involved. They're not really involved in their personal development. You are just who you are as a result of how you were raised, where you were raised, what you went through, good and bad, and that's it. And so it's a lot of people who are high and mighty because they're looking down on other people, but that's only because you had two good parents and you were well-to-do and you didn't suffer through this and you didn't suffer through that, but you didn't do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but take you and put you in a harsher position, you would be just like the people you're looking down on. So I wanted to play an active role in who I became in spite of what I was going through, in spite of my rearing, in spite of my environmental pressures. And so I, 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 I took stock of who I was and I, I began to realize what I was missing. You know, in order for me to be this father, to be this husband, I, I, I'm missing this, I'm missing that. And so I didn't have it. And so when I would get to know people, I'd say, okay, all right, you got these two things I don't have that I need in order for me to reach my goals. And so then I would learn that. I would, I would extract it and I would mimic it until it became a part of me. Okay, now I'm on another level. Okay. And then I would do that with everybody I would meet. Okay. So that I could constantly absorb. It, you might be, you might have out of 100 traits, 99 are garbage. But you might have that one thing I ain't got. Mm. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to mimic it. I'm going to extract it. 
and then I'm going to make myself better and I'm going to keep moving. And so that's what I've been doing throughout my life. And that's what I do every day. In order for me to be the kind of father I want to be, I have to be a better father every day. You don't just hit stop. You don't hit stop on being a life coach. You don't hit stop on being a trainer. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm not like, all right, well, I'm fit. That's it. I'm good. I ain't got to work out no more. I have to keep pushing myself. I tell my clients, I'll never push you harder than I push myself. And I maintain that. I stay true to that. So every aspect of my being, I'm working on daily. And I'm learning from everybody I meet. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you, sisters. I'm like, okay. All right, let me get that because I know I don't have everything. Nobody has everything, so everybody needs something. And so when you meet people, you see it, extract it, learn it, be better. Don't get jealous, don't be envious, don't talk crazy. Learn. Even the worst person, it might be something in them. That one thing, mm-hmm. 99 is garbage. That one thing, you ain't got it. What's up? Donnie Wiggins, uh, last year, uh, so, well, I don't, I don't want to date the interview, but uh, one year, six figures. Mm-hmm. The very next year, seven figures. Mm-hmm. One year, um, and, I've, and, I, and I know you, so I've definitely seen a glow up. Not just how you handle um, business, but how you handle your clients, how you handle your daughter, how you handle your mom, how you handle me as a friend. I, I, I want to kind of just extract some of the journey of the becoming of this Donnie Wiggins now. Like, what are some pivotal moments in that in your life that got you here? Donnie Wiggins today is living out loud. I grew up feeling like everybody was in control of what I, what I should be doing with my life, and I had no control. I had no decision, right? I grew up always wanting to make my mom proud. I just want to make my mom proud. And um, I suffocated a lot of my dreams. So now when people say that I am a no excuses, tell it like it is, raw coach, it's because I know that most people are walking around suffocating their dreams. And it's because you have a parent that you're afraid to disappoint. You have a spouse that you're afraid to disappoint. And we start to absorb as women, everybody else's perception of what we're supposed to be, right? And so many people say things like, a woman can't tell a man how to be a man. But you don't hear as often that a man can't tell a woman how to be a woman, right? We are told by everybody who and what we should be, how we should be, how we should speak, how we should approach things, how we should react to things, how we should dress, how we should wear our hair. We have to ask for permission for everything. Donnie Wiggins today asks nobody for permission. (laughs) And um, it's it's like uh, one of my favorite movies is Dirty Dancing and the iconic line, if every if anybody has seen that, where she, where she says you can't put, or where they say you can't put baby in the corner, like you can't put Donnie in the corner anymore, right? So I went to school, I went to college for three years and I majored in chemical engineering. You know what's crazy? I had my staff dinner last night. Uh, one of my team members is in here. She could She could attest to this. And everybody went around the table 
I asked the question that was very specific. How do you feel? I had uh, staff and then I had my mom there as well, who's support. And I asked everybody, how do you feel about what we've been able to accomplish over these last 12 months? And everybody has something to say about present time and, you know, hitting the seven figures and doing this, that, and the other. And my mom said, well, I always wanted you to be a chemical engineer. I just remember visiting. Am I lying? I remember visiting when you were interning for this company that you were interning for. And I'm like, you mean the one where I smelled terrible and I wore hard toe boots and your heart, steel toe boots and hard hats? And I smelled like something was spoiling because I worked with all these chemical, chemicals, that job. And I sat there like all that I have accomplished. I know you're proud of me, but all that I have accomplished, you're still communicating what you wanted for my life. And I have to go to a place where I block it out, right? Because the old me used to feel guilty that I wasn't doing what I knew that everybody else wanted for my life. The old me used to say, well, my mom sacrificed so much, the least I could do is go to college. My uncles sacrificed so much, the least I could do is entertain being a pharmaceutical uh, sales rep because that's what they want me to do. This person sacrificed so much, the least I could do. And then I said, Donnie, how much are you sacrificing by not doing what you're called to do? And Kelly and I, you have a very, we have a very similar story. I didn't come from struggle and, you know, being poor. We weren't rich by far. We were very middle class, but I had everything that I needed. Um, my very first legitimate bout with, uh, well, as an adult, I, I had things that I did. But as an adult, my very first legitimate bout with entrepreneurship was owning a boutique clothing store. Did very, very well in that clothing store. And like you, the women would come in. I owned a clothing store that dressed like party girls, right? And women would come in with like their teenage daughters, 14, 15, 16 years old. This is back when reality shows were booming. And they're coming in, getting these dresses that I meant for 22, 23, 25 year olds. And they're buying it for their daughters. You know, I'm looking at these women. I'm like, surely that's not for you. Or is this a gift? They're like, oh, it's for my daughter. And I'm like, oh no, not for my store. And I started, you know, they're saying, this is all they see on TV. This is who they want to be. This is what they want to dress like. And I say, well, do you mind if they come in and I kind of help them make this look good and age appropriate for them? And these were girls who were just trying to become something at an early age, what other people said they should be, what TV was dictating they should look and dress like, what TV was dictating what they should behave like. And so at a very, at that point in my career, I started coaching without even knowing what coaching was. And then it graduated to then dealing with grown women. I moved into the network marketing space and the majority of women in business are, uh, there's 73% of women in network marketing. 73% of that industry is women. The top 1% of income earners are 98% men. And so as I was talking to these women who were getting started in the industry, they would say, well, let me go ask my husband. I don't know how much time is this going to require because my husband and my children need X, Y, and Z. And I think that's great. But sis, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Why do we keep as women forgetting that we also have dreams? Our dreams don't have to be deferred over and over and over again because of all of these weights that are 
being carried on our shoulders. And so I went into that space of helping women remember exactly who the they are and start pursuing their dreams. And if I was gonna teach them how to be that woman, I had to actively become. So I started to live out loud. I started to say, you know, I did music, I was hiding that. I didn't want my mom to know I was a rapper. She thought it was corny. She thought it was this. I didn't want my mom to know I was doing all these things, singing in clubs and didn't want her to know everything. And I said, you know what, I'm doing me. And the moment that I decided to start doing me and not living for somebody else is the moment that things began to unfold. Nobody can put me in a position to win if they didn't know that I was in the race. Period. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and so I'll finish it there. Like you, you, anybody in here who's holding on to something and you're living for anybody else and you're wondering why you're not getting the result, like why does Donnie go so hard? Everybody's gonna know that my name is in the ballot. Everybody's gonna know that I'm in the race. I'm no longer afraid to say, hey, I'm here for the opportunity and show up for it. Before I was sneaking, like, let me take this call privately because I don't wanna be judged by somebody who thinks I should be doing something else, right? Anybody else, worst enemy, looks at themselves in the mirror every single morning? I was, every single day that I was brushing my teeth, I was looking back at my own worst enemy because I trusted everybody else's belief for me more than I trusted in my own belief. I wasn't believing at all. Like I was kind of one foot in, one foot out. I knew that there was something that I needed to do, but maybe all these other people are right. Everybody surely can't be wrong. But as it turns out, seven figures later, everybody else was wrong. Mm. <laughs> That's good. Um, Y'all all right? Y'all good? Um, Darius, Darius. You, uh... The women are up. <laughs> That's exactly What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on social proof podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket and in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise?
Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code BIGDEAL, It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you... No, right now, yet you got time, no pressure, you get us back. But use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free. So don't wait. So secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country. Join us July 4th and 5th in Atlanta. Let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality, y'all. Head over to podcastsummit.com. Use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> <laughs> so, so darius I, I definitely love to uh hear your journey right now you're traveling all over the world um, everybody, it's all, it's crazy. It's, like we did a live and normally, you know, people are like, oh, Dave, you're alive. All I saw was Darius, Darius, that's Darius, that's Darius. I'm like, yo, who is this guy? <laughs> but um, like you, I do want to know, um, you can go through your story, but I also want to know how you handle uh, popularity mm-hmm. and how that plays on, uh, you know, who you are or who you think you are, right? Um, but I, I would love to hear kind of some of your, your story, how you got it. Yeah, so r- real quick story. Um, so I think it's like my third time telling this only. Uh, I don't think only time, third time. Anyway, 2014, it's October. I remember waking up thinking I forgot to do something. And all of a sudden, this had never happened to me before. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And 
Everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. and it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash socialproof. That's netsuite.com slash socialproof. netsuite.com slash socialproof. Like my heart just starts palpitating almost uncontrollably. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Um, I start sweating. And I, the best way I can describe it, I could not conjure up a logical thought. I literally felt like my, my mind was leaving me. And so this, this went on for like a couple of minutes and my wife, she doesn't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I, I can't talk. I can't tell her what's going on. And then just after a while, everything kind of subsided. And I explained what I was feeling to my wife. And so she reached out to somebody that she thought may be able to give some perspective. And once we kind of articulated what was going on, the person was like, Darius, I think you just had an anxiety attack. I was like, anxiety attack? I don't have anxiety. I've never had any issues with anxiety. And so she's like, well, what's going on right now? And then I thought about it. Um, it was my first book deal. I was behind on a deadline there. I was in my last year of doctoral work. And so I had a deadline with my final project. I was in two building campaigns. One was a fight because the community didn't want us to build there. And I was probably taking about at that point, I was probably speaking about 50 times a year. So all of this was going on at the, at the same time. So the lady asked, she said, are y'all in financial trouble? Why are you doing all this? And I was like, no. And at that moment, I knew I needed two things. 
I said, I got to get me a therapist mm -hmm. to deal with my past. And I got to get me a coach to deal with my future. Mm -hmm. and literally that moment I said, because like, it, it didn't make sense. And so basically after some digging in therapy, what, what I discovered was this. I discovered that I was living my life chasing it and emotion, being driven by emotional needs, mm -hmm. not being driven by my purpose. So this is what I mean. Primarily, all our emotional issues are gonna be unique, mm -hmm. but the majority of them can be traced back to two factors. Early on in life, during our formative years, somebody did something that they shouldn't have done, mm -hmm. or somebody didn't do enough of what they should have done. Ooh. So here's the thing though, Amazing home, amazing family, et cetera. But I grew up in the South. I grew up, I mean, we're in the South now. I'm talking about. <laughs> but I grew up in Mississippi. And so um, just the men in that area were not very vocal men. And there may have been reasons for that, right? But they just weren't. So for me, growing up, the affirmation that I got was always tied to accomplishing something. Yeah. You get good grades. Then it's affirmation. You play a good game then it's affirmation. So here's the thing though about emotional issues. Sometimes they show up in ways that don't look dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. So my, what was, my mind was programmed that you gotta accomplish, 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 cause that's what helped me feel better about me. Mm -hmm. What's scary is during that season of my life, all my peers were celebrating my self-destructive behavior. Oh my God. So I didn't know I'm destroying, I, I didn't know I'm killing myself on the inside, but everybody from the outside is looking like you killing it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was killing me. Oh. And um, you can't chase purpose and needs at the same time. So, so, so that year, I mean, that, that led to just a lot of intensive work. And what I saw, I saw, this is so weird. It's like, I saw not only the damage that was done to me, I also saw the damage that was done to my team who was forced to run at an unsustainable pace because I was being driven by ambition and not necessarily assignment. And so I didn't even know they loved and respected me too much to articulate what they were actually feeling. And, um, and you know, you and, me, you and me have talked about this before. It is my philosophy. You don't go as far as your dream. You go as far as your team. And it was affecting my team. It was affecting my family. And so I literally, and I agree with Donnie so, so much. Like, I, I'm not, I can't even say at this point that there isn't times where I don't feel that tug. I, I think, you know, what emotional intelligence is, is it gives you awareness. So you move from self-awareness now to self-management so that, so that you know how to manage it. But long story short, I submitted to intense therapy. Um, I submitted to intense coaching and I clarified my calling. And I learned this, that purpose not only makes you say yes, purpose makes you say no. Mm -hmm. 
purpose helps you discern, is this an opportunity or is this a trap playing dress up? And because some doors are trap doors, like every door, like every knee, I had to learn every knee is not your responsibility. And when, when I made that pivot, not only did I get, get more peace, but also everything else in every other area flowed so easy. It came almost not without work, but compared to what I was doing and the results I was getting when I got in my lane, or as Coach Kelly says, my divine assignment, clarify that, it was game over. My passion for coaching came from my experience with a coach. During that period, I say the way this guy just helped me, I want to use part of my life helping other people that way. I want I want to just uh, maybe open it up for Q and A because I got so, being honest. I just I, just, I want to go home. I got some work to do. Like self, like there's some, there's some, there's so many things that are running through my head and I like just wish I had a notebook because I don't want to lose, I want to lose what I know I need to do to go to the next level of my life. And obviously in these entrepreneurial arenas, we think of the next level as more money, but like I'm seeing next level is like the next level being of myself. Can I be happier? Can I have more peace? That the way, when you said peace, it just... The word just gave so much weight. Yeah. Like I, you can't chase, you can't chase purpose and needs. Okay, let's let's open it up for Q and A. Q&A. Let's do this. Maybe we could just have a line here. Um, we'll take a few and then we'll get out of here. But um, enjoy yourself so far, y'all. Yes. Anybody have a moment? So um, we'll just maybe take a few questions here. Yeah, just come around. Yeah. While they're getting ready up there, Shans, one thing that I noticed is that we all have common issues, right? Common needs, common thoughts, common experiences. Like what you guys should be getting from this, very similar to what I'm getting from this, is that we're not so different. We're not so different. What you think you're going through right now, your own personal issue that nobody else will understand, squash right here. Most of these people had not met before tonight. And we all have a very, very similar story. I think it's, it's very interesting to see. Okay, cool. Hi, everyone. My name is Andrea Kitten. Um, I'm in the morning meetup with David. Um, so this question is for Kelly. Um, you had mentioned that you didn't feel like you had a story. Um, and I was just kind of wondering why were you judging yourself off of other pe people's um, standards? Or what's the reason why you felt like you didn't have a story? I felt that way because when I hear speakers speak and I study speakers, when I'm going to do something, I'm going to be really good at it. So I study speakers and I, I would notice that there was all, always a triumph story. Like they were in a dark place and then they came out of a dark place. And I didn't, I didn't have that. So I had to dig and say, well, what is my story of, where did I turn the corner? And I realized at some point in my life, I had on golden handcuffs from the government. 
I put silver handcuffs on people, but they had gold handcuffs on me. So that was my story because there's so many people that believe that they can't leave their job. Mm -hmm. They have on golden handcuffs. Mm -hmm. So that became my story. Yes, thank you. Thank you. So my question is for Darius. So you said we can't chase our purpose. Right here. So you said we can't chase our purpose and our needs at the same time. <laughs> How do you create the balance between chasing your purpose and your needs at the same time? Yeah, I think, um, you, you know, what I would say, I'll say what I feel like served me well, kind of in that season. It was, I'm not saying that on your journey to making the contribution to the world that you're supposed to make, that you will not have to simultaneously address needs. I'm not saying that. What I am saying, it is one thing to have those needs. It's another thing for those needs to have you. Or, or put it this way, like my emotional needs should be indicators, not dictators. And so when they're driving your decisions, when they're clouding your clarity, when they aren't allowing you to say yes where you're supposed to say yes and no where you're supposed to say no, then it's just absolutely impossible to actually carry out the thing you've been called to carry out. And so there isn't a, there will never be a degree of perfection, but there has to be a degree of mastery mm -hmm. if you're actually going to succeed in life and in business. Can I ask you that real quick? Yes, please. Because a young lady asked about balance. Um, I've come not to believe in balance. I don't think it exists but there is rhythm. And so as you're, as, as Dr. Darius said, as you're, you're looking at purpose and you're looking at the need, create a rhythm, something that is in harmony with each other, the ups and the downs. My name is uh, Alexander Turner. Uh, I wanted to ask Zeus a question. So when you said, and I had the same uh, thought process, that you can learn something from everybody, no matter what it is. How do you take the good thing from them and not take the bad as well? Because it's easy that depending on some people, some situations, whether you know it or not, uh, that negative energy or that negative action can also be attached to you without you knowing, or you might think it's something positive and for you personally, it isn't, and for somebody else it might be. So how do you kind of dictate taking only the good and not the bad? So, um... As I mentioned when I was telling my story, the reason why I was on that journey in the first place is because I had created this vision for my future, precisely who I wanted to be. Now, it took me time to develop that, right? Because I didn't have a lot of good examples around me in my environment, came up in poverty, uh, a biological father was out of the picture, stepfather was a nut, you know? Um, <clears throat> the people he brought around, were nuts, alcoholics, like all over the place, right? So there weren't any really good examples. So I had to kind of cobble together this image of what I thought a good and deserving man was, a good and deserving father, good and deserving husband uh, was, an example, uh, an exemplary man for the community was. And once I developed that image, like I, 
I made it so the only thing that I can absorb is what's going to fit in this puzzle. The only pieces I can take from other people are puzzle pieces that will help create this image, right? So you have to have your goal set first. It has to be solid, okay? It can evolve, but it can't go backwards. It can't be corrupted, right? So you have to figure that out first. And once you have that compass guiding you, any, any wind that blows, that sways you off that course, it'll disrupt everything and you'll correct yourself. So if you're dealing with somebody and you're, you're spending time with them and you're, you, you feel like you begin to absorb or mimic their traits, if, you're, if, you're, if what you set, if your compass is set and solid, those deep roots, right? It won't feel right and you'll break away from that person. So before you start spending time with people, because if you don't have any guidance, right? You'll be all over the place. You will become some, some other person before you realize, and that's what a lot of people are dealing with. They don't have this image, right? They just kind of float to the next popular thing, whether it's an athlete or it's a rapper or it's somebody in the neighborhood that looks cool. That's the problem. They don't know what they're looking for. They don't have a compass guiding them. They're just going wherever the wind blows them. So whoever you want to be, you figure that out. You put time, effort, diligence into developing that compass. And you let that compass guide you. And you only evolve that compass, but you never degrade it. That's good. That's good. I appreciate that. That was good. That was amazing. Um, hello everyone. Um, my question is for all of you or anyone who this question actually resonates with because, um, Oh, I am. Hello. I'm Arielle. And I actually left corporate America three years ago, um, before I hit six figures. And so now I coach, um, corporate professionals who are transitioning out as well. So I really love you lady, lady story. I feel like as an entrepreneur, and I think 2021 has been like an acceleration of growth for me, I feel like I'm healing in plain sight. I feel like I'm very self-aware of the things that I'm aware of and the things that I've been to, to therapy for. And there are things that I become aware of when I'm exposed to people who experience me. So my fear is the more I become myself, um, there are things that I'm not aware of. And my fear is, okay, something's gonna be caught on camera and it can go one of two ways. It can go really, really great. And they're like, oh my God, that's the vulnerable Ariel. Or it can be like, oh, we didn't know that was in there. <laughs> like, what is this? And uh, so the fear is, you know, that will hinder or it could be the, you know, the, the transformation of my success. Uh, so I just keep moving, you know, and I just kind of keep doing it. But is, do you guys have any stories of it either taking you either way or feedback? Uh, two things. One, whatever you've overcome, you can turn around and teach. You know what I'm saying? So you may be stretching too far where you're trying to teach what you haven't healed yet. That's where you're going to get in trouble. So, and a part of sharing your story, don't share the parts of your story that you're not willing to be judged for. Because when you start sharing too much that and, and people start judging you, that's inflicting that's self-inflicting wounds. So that's why I, when, when I was saying God told me to go help women, I was like, please, no, I coach everybody. I ain't making any money, but that's, <laughs> right? 
But that accelerated me healing who I was because if I know who I'm supposed to coach, if I know who I'm called, my divine assignment, then what do I need to do and who do I need to be to turn around and heal the challenges that I had? So that's my advice for you. So work on yourself, but don't share parts of your story that you're not willing to be judged for. And then the second part is be easy on yourself. But any and, and you're greater than you think you are, but just be faithful to the process and um, and you'll be okay. But you have a story you can help people. So don't doubt that as you're going. These are two separate things as you're going through the process. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Hello, I'm Erica. Um, I get what you said about balance, but this is a balance question. How do I balance responsibility and purpose? Anybody? I'm a mom with seven kids and a husband. So my responsibility, I, I feel very strongly to support them and everything that they do. Okay. Hmm? Do you know your purpose? Are you aware of your purpose? I, I feel like I do. Ooh. I don't think the answer is any different than what Kendall already said. It's not about balance more than it's about rhythm. And you have to ask yourself, are there any other parents who have multiple children that they're responsible for that have also pursued or in pursuit of their purpose? Are there any other parents? That's a real question. Are there any other parents of small children or children that are pursuing their, their purpose. Any parents in here right now pursuing their purpose? Okay, so you can be responsible for little humans and pursue your purpose at the same time. Now it's probably more about getting organized and managing your time, right? So itemizing what things you take ownership of when it comes to supporting the household and the children and the family, right? and then delegating other things wherever you can. Get rid of these small, tedious tasks like we talked about yesterday. Maybe you don't do laundry anymore. Maybe you teach one of the kids how to do that, right? Maybe you, you hire a service to come and do the laundry because if that can save you five hours in your week, you can now use that five hours toward whatever needs to happen for your purpose. So. One of the things that we have to stop doing as women is saying, I have kids, so I can't. Mm -hmm. We got to stop it. It's such toxic behavior. Children are not your demise. They're your reason why. Mm. Mm. And if there's already an example that has been done, I don't care if only one person there raised Mm -hmm. their hand. If Mm -hmm. somebody in here raised their hand and said, I did it, you can do it too. Just get organized. I I think I want to add a part to that because it's what are you responsible for? As women, we think we have to do it all. Cook, clean, you know, do all these things. So can you do, can you have meal prep? I don't cook anymore and a sister can cook and I don't fold my underwear. Why would I fold my drawers? Uh, 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 Why would I do that? (laughs) 
have to pay somebody to do that. It's tedious to fold your underwear. I'm just saying. And I prefer the way my housekeepers do it better than me. Somebody Somehow come, they fit a whole lot more in the drawer than I do. Come clean my house. I'm single with no kids. I have a meal prep to stay healthy. Otherwise, I'll be eating ice cream and Snickers. Um, and then I also have somebody come clean my house and wash and, and like wash my stuff and change the sheet so I can do what I'm good at. But now, because I can make money doing what I'm good at and serving in my purpose, I can now serve them to do what they're good at. And I know somebody is saying, sis, well, what if she doesn't have the money to do that? What if she can't afford what it costs? You can't afford what it costs you not to figure this out. If I can give you some practical tools, and it's what Donnie and what Christy said, practically, before we even hire anybody to do anything, do you use a calendar? Yeah. Is everything in your calendar? No. No. <laughs> so, so for, uh, practically, because I believe in rhythm, every Monday, I, it says wake up, it says rise and grind, right? Monday through Friday, rise and grind. Do my workout to a certain time, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. There's one word on my calendar that says hunt. I'm hunting for new business. At at, not at 9, 15, 9.30, breakfast. And I write down Monday through Friday what I'm going to eat for breakfast. It's not prepared, but I have an idea. Every Monday at 1.30, it says, Kendall and Karen, that's my wife. Now we can do a S and B, we can talk about smash and grab. We can talk about business, <laughs> we can talk about I'm saying it's on the cap like next year tonight. <laughs> every every Tuesday at 9.30 it says call aunt. That's like my father, I call him. Every Sunday at 12 o'clock, call mom. Once a month, we do family day with the kids. They can bring the kid, they jump off, the whole hookup. I give them two hours. They bring they jump off. Every now and then. Oh, jump yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> I give them two hours. Once a month, we, once a month, me and my guy, we do our sons. I spend time with my, everything is locked in the calendar. Now what happens is you fall under the impression that you're giving the kids what they need, but what you're doing is you're giving everybody what they want. I give everybody what you need. You need this two hours. My wife, we got an hour, right? Now, I probably... Kendall <laughs> <laughs> said he don't need the whole hour. I don't need that. I'm 54. I'm good. That's, that's too long. That's too long. I need the whole hour. So I need the practicality in it is, and Donnie said it, get organized, but not a to-do list or a task list, but a priority list, a need list. If your purpose is that important to you, because what I heard you say is, it's, it's, I'm in, I want to go after my purpose, but it, my kids are more important. I love my family, and I told you anything my wife wants, she get. But at a certain point, I have to be. Because if I'm not being, I can't give her what she needs. So you have to make a decision. Every entrepreneur, every business owner, every man, every woman, you're only as good as your last decision. Make a decision. And when you make the decision, get organized. Uh, now, I think this is probably an area, and I don't know if this is the form to talk about, this is the area where I feel like men, we probably could be a little more supportive and um, a little more assertive. Kind of in, um, Two in points this, for the men right now. In this area, because I think there can be the assumption uh, 
that ours is more significant than theirs. Yes. And um, what I heard one leader frame it this way, I never forgot. He says, part of your purpose isn't just what you do, it's also who you raise. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm glad my dad and my mom took that part of their assignment seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that can happen. And I know it's not possible in every case, but I think that can happen when, um, when, when I think we work a little more collaboratively if a guy is you know, in the home. And I, I ain't know how much it take until my wife will go out of town. <laughs> And I'm with, and we only had two, and I'm with them by myself. And it was like, take that out of your mouth. Don't stand on that. Don't go over there. Where is your brother? Where is your brother? You do this. And so, you know, I just, yeah. so I, I just feel like we could, you know, whether it's a husband, whether it's an uncle, whether it's a dad, whether it's a brother, I think we could, we could probably do a better job of being a little more supportive because their assignments matter too. Yeah. But I but I think the woman needs to ask because women will melt right in front of people and won't ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of awareness. Right. I told my client this last week, you are not OK. And you're not asking for people around you to help you while you're melting. You cracking up on the phone. I know what cracking up looked like. I did it. I know what it sounds like. I did it. So ask for the people around you to help you, have you asked, and have you given him clarity, like Kendall said? Like, are you asking and are you being detailed, but not out of frustration, because when you're frustrated, you know men shut down, they want to hear that. But can you ask, like, you know, and, and have the conversation of, let's now get on the same page what our priorities are, because mightiness is calling you. You need to answer the call, so you gotta figure out how to be everything for you, so you can do stuff for other people. Yeah, I believe to, I in asking and all real quick, Dave. I like, I, I believe you should ask. Speak up and ask because sometimes you don't get because people don't know you need, right? Mm-hmm. But I am in a point in my life where part of my mental health strategy requires that I surround myself with people who know that I need help and I don't have to always ask. Mm-hmm. Start supporting the people around you. If you see somebody needs some help, offer it. Even if it looks like they have it, like seriously, A part of my mental health strategy is having friends around me who present opportunities without me having to ask. And I would say, especially on the asking part, when my my wife asks me to do things, um, (laughs) sorry, sorry, Uh, Um, for the third time. I think, I think she's gotten really strategic because and I think in any any scenario, mm-hmm. if if your wife says, um, Brian, I need your help. I need you to like clean up the kitchen, and it's 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 different than me saying, Yo, Brian, are you helping your wife out? It means more. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my wife has gotten more strategic because she'll tell me all this stuff, and then I'll get a call from this one over here. And Donnie's like, yo, you should do this and that and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you know what, you right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Why do men need that third party validation? They need it. Your wife can tell you what you should be doing or what they need you to do. And you'll find every reason to not do it or not listen. But somebody from the outside will tell you to do the same thing. And you come in the house like, yo, I was having a conversation with such and such. And I think it's a really good idea if. But here's, what? And let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why my wife is so dope. 
because she understands it and she just plays the game. Because it would be, I can't, why aren't you listening to me? And she understands the pattern. I, I'm going to talk to one of, his, one of his people. His people's going to say something to him because they love him. And I, I know she's not saying, hey, Donnie, can you call David and... Unless she is. You know what? It's so crazy because I know that she's not... She just knows I'm working through my own feelings too. And instead of attacking me for not responding when she asks the way she thinks I should respond. She loves me enough to have peace in the household to get it done the way it needs to get done. It doesn't matter if I get it done. Yeah. She's not thinking, if I say it, it needs to happen. She's like, yo, the goal is to get this thing done. She said, I just want so to win. I just, I just want to win. I don't care how, yeah. right? So that might be a strategy. I'm just giving you the strategy of, if asking doesn't question? work, <laughs> she got a lot. I want to get. I got a lot. I give you that. I got a lot. Oh, for and, sure. Um, uh, I I do ask for help. It's just I think the problem is accepting the help in the way that it's given. So if I say, "Hey, baby, can you make dinner?" and the kids are eating like pizza and French fries, and I'm like, "Dude, like, can we get one vegetable?" Yeah, but I, once, I you, once you delegate, you gotta you gotta you gotta ask the question. Right? Can, we, can I get yeah. dinner with at least one vegetable? Then we're yeah. like, oh. Ask the right questions. Ask specifically what you want. Can you make those hot dogs with a little broccoli? <laughs> right. So it's Seriously. you that's holding yourself back. She's yes. judging. She's judging yeah. the help. Because right? I, what I, I'm not necessarily judging the help because I'm like, okay, I ask for it. Whatever you do is whatever. But in the back of my mind, I'm feeling like you're killing my kids. It's mom guilt. <laughs> right. You're I, suffering I'm feeling from mom bad guilt. because I'm like, dude, she don't need to be eating. She, they don't need to be eating that. I think the better question is how do you, and, and Dr. Darius said it, you probably need to rethink what you think your purpose is. Because what you think, it, like when you're really in purpose, purpose, passion drives you. Purpose guides you. Right now you're being guided towards the kids. You need to rethink your purpose in the, in the order of priority. I want to. One more. I'll take it. Oh, can we, we be back? Now? We can we stop now? <laughs> we, we should be back up on that. What's the score? We didn't like that last comment. He didn't like that. Okay, one more for the women. Rethink my shirt. I just want to offer another practical perspective to her. Um, me and my husband are 24 years in, and we are both. We are both full-time entrepreneurs with yeah, two completely, <laughs> you know, like five points on the scoreboard, five points on the <laughs> But we are both full-time entrepreneurs in two completely different businesses, two completely different personalities. He's very much so type A. I'm very calm. I'm peach cobbler. I'm grandmama's oatmeal type personality, right? I think from a practical perspective, what I would recommend you do as a coach, your coach in this moment, because only me and you are here, right? Is I would have a conversation with him about what your goals are as a family. You've only talked about what your goals are and what you're asking him to do. But if you can get on the same sheet of music and say, These, this is my vision, this is my divine assignment, if it is, if you feel in your heart it is, and get him on the same sheet of music with that, mm -hmm. then the balance that you're looking for, which there really is no such thing, mm -hmm. 
But the balance that you're looking for, it comes in in seasons of focus. Yeah. So if you guys are, get on the same sheet of music and you say, okay, in order to get this business up and running, it's going to take a good six months. So in that six months, I need you to take these responsibilities mm -hmm. and taking full on responsibility of that means there's one vegetable with dinner, there's a meat, there's a bread, there's a whatever, and defining what that is. So when there's a hard day at the end of the day, you're not thinking one thing and, and he's thinking another, you guys are on the same sheet of music as to what it's going to take to bring the whole vision, not your vision, not his vision, the household vision mm -hmm. to the next level. So I think that that's where you should start in having that conversation as to where the household is going. Alright, so this question is for Donnie. When you said that you were with your team and your mom and you guys were like gushing about how good everything was for the year and how proud of you you were, you know, everybody was proud. And when your mom turns around and says, Well, you didn't become a chemical engineer. I want to know, how did you respond? Did you feel inward, just like y'all was talking about earlier? Or did you actually express and say, yo, ma, that, that hurt my feelings or whatever? It didn't hurt my feelings because I'm so used to it, right? My mom is my biggest cheerleader, but my mother is also the woman who's going to make her wish be known, right? So she's incredibly proud for what I have done, but she needed to get out what she wanted me to do with my life. And so I didn't address it as a, as a feeling necessarily. When she finished saying what she said, I said, all right, mom, well, glad I'm not that chemical engineer making $65,000 a year with me sitting at this restaurant, right? Just, just in a very joking manner. But I have learned to, uh, other people's opinions, including my mom, when it comes to what I'm doing with my life, can't matter to me on that level anymore as to where, where, where it's gonna hurt my feelings, right? Uh, because I had to stop learning to live for making my mom proud. And there was a time where I was living for making her proud. Do I want her to be proud of me? Yes. Is she proud of me? Yes, but I am living for me now and I am living to leave a legacy and, and honestly, more importantly, to make my daughter proud. I want her to see in me the first example of what a woman is supposed to be, right? And so my desire to show her that example, that true mom power, that true girl power, that true go out and chase your dream power is more important to me than what anybody else thinks. And um, I think also my mom just didn't know what to say in the moment, right? Everybody was recounting their history with me and how it started and, you know, what they thought in the beginning. And I had when I when I started the conversation, I was telling Jada, who has a similar relationship with her mom that I did at her age. I said it never stops. You know, she, she always feels like her mom is trying to control her life. And so, can I say that she always feels like her mom is trying to control her life and tell her what to do and be the boss of her. And I said in that moment, Jada, it never stops. Your mom is always going to want to be the boss of you. Look at me and where we are right now. And you hear my mom, you know, and, and how she talks to me and all this stuff. She just wants to feel like she has some ownership in what's happening in my life. 
And my mom goes into, yeah, because I wanted Nitra. That's what she calls me. I wanted Nitra to be a chemical engineer. I remember how proud I was the day that I went to blah, 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 blah. And she just lived in that moment. It doesn't mean that she's not proud of what I've done today. And I know that now, right? I no longer have the expectation. Just because I chose to do something different doesn't mean that she can no longer wish that I didn't do that. Do you think that caused her to feel like a part of her didn't go the way she wanted things because- oh, I'm always feels like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. always feels like I challenge her, right? She, she always thinks that I'm gonna be a rebel and do the opposite of what she wants me to do. And part of that is true. Part of it is true because I legitimately just got so tired of feeling like um, I wasn't measuring up to her expectation. So if she wanted me to do something, I was gonna make the other decision by default, right? And now I'm no longer living with that energy either. I'm no longer living in the energy of just going in the opposite direction. I truly am in the most honest season of my life and have been for the last few years where you can agree or you can disagree, mom, daughter, dad, whoever. You can agree or you can disagree, but you got to let me own this. And by this, I mean my life. I love it. Did have a good time? Did you have good food? Okay, good, 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 good. Um, Make some noise real quick. And if the ladies won today, can we please do what we're supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> it was close. It, sounded it was close. Sound real 50-50. Man, I would have to say this has been a absolute joy, absolute pleasure. I grew so much. You too? You too? Grew yeah. so much today. Um, so we're, we're, we're going to wrap this thing up. And um, I do want to ask um, everybody to kind of share how people can get in touch with you and if you, uh, you know, how they can work with you in any capacity that you guys um, offer. So Kendall, I'll start on this side. Yeah, I always say just Google me, uh, Kendall Ficklin. Because there was a time when you Google me, the mugshot came up. All the bad came up. My, my son's mugshots will come up, but my good deeds have outweighed my bad. So just Google and then we can connect. Close out strong. I like that. <laughs> um, what, what do you, what do you, uh, how do you help people? Uh, really, I help individuals change their lives to keep it simple. I'm going to be real. I don't like titles. I don't like, I, we have to call ourselves coaches because, um, but I don't like the title. Um, if you have a challenge that I'm able to help you come through or grow through, then I'll help. I want you to be the hero. I just want to be the guide to help you get to the right parts of your story. Appreciate that. Darius. Uh, yep, so Darius Daniels, it's easy because it was hard for me growing up because I had to spell it, but it's easy now. It's Darius with an H, D-H-A-R-I-U-S. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think we're on all the social media platforms and um, website, all of that is just just my name. Do you have anything that, uh, any way people can work with you or connect with you? Um, you got a book? Yeah, books, podcasts. 
courses. Donnie whatever. gonna show y'all how to do it in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they sure rock with Terry and Dale. Um, Zeus, what's up, man? Uh, you can look me up on social media. Uh, my name is you know, pretty unique. Z-E-U-S, last name Luby, L-U-B-Y. Pretty, pretty simple. Can they work with you anyway? Yeah, so, um, all right, so I'm, yeah, all right, so I'm the director of programming for a nonprofit organization called Red Inc. Red stands for Rehabilitation Enables Dreams. So we work with young people who've gotten into a little bit of trouble, and we try to keep them from falling deeper into the criminal justice system. We work with them for a year, pair them up with mentors you know, teach them life skills, and then at the end, we clear their criminal record so they can go back to living a normal life. Yeah. 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 I think got a contract with... Um, Gwinnett County. Gwinnett County, yeah. yeah. And uh, so we started off in DeKalb County. Um, that's where we kind of got our legs up under ourselves. We started six years ago, and uh, over that six-year period, we permeated recently into Gwinnett County. We'll be launching in January, and in June or July, we'll be launching in Fulton County as well. So that's an organization that you can support. Um, there's also another nonprofit I'm the director of mentorships for that one. That was started by uh, a brother of mine by the name of Rennie Curran. Uh, he's a former NFL player, so that's your guy. Okay, he's a solid brother. So he started this organization. It's called the Game Changers Foundation. And so it also focuses on young people, high school, promising high school athletes who are dealing with some personal issues. And so they need a mentor, they need a guide through those issues. So we pair them up with former and current collegiate athletes, former and current professional athletes. So that's another organization you can support. I'm also a, a parental coach. I'm a child custody strategist. Okay, so for those that don't know what that is, you know what I mean? So, um, I like I said, I have I have full custody of my daughter. I've had full custody for what, twelve years. My daughter hasn't seen or spoken to her mom in about twelve years, and so uh, my custody battle was sixteen months. When I won my custody battle, because it was so grueling, it was so it was so emotionally devastating. Uh, it, it almost broke me. Um, I didn't have any guides. Nobody in my orbit knew how to help me navigate those waters. I reached out to family members, male family members, uh, community leaders, religious figures, and everybody said the same thing. I don't know how to help you. I've never fought for custody. So I had to learn the hard way. And so I took all of that hard-earned knowledge and wisdom and I began to extend it to other fathers, other good fathers, to help them avoid the pitfalls and the hardships and the pain and the suffering I experienced. So for good men out there, if they need guidance, and, and mothers as well. I've helped a number of mothers who don't know how to navigate the legal system, they're dealing with a toxic ex. Um, if they need assistance, you reach out. It's not something that I charge for. It's something that, it's an underserved space, especially for men. Men don't have resources. They don't have these spaces to vent. Uh, they don't have any guidance. So parental coach, child custody strategist, Life coach. Hi, I am again Coach Kelly J. Um, you can Google me. 
You'll find plenty of uh, videos and such. There are hundreds of videos because I've been in this game for a minute. You can reach me on all social media platforms at Coach Kelly J, just the letter J, dot com. Um, you can go there and you can book a call. If you are someone who just wants to learn how to use your story of triumph to learn how to pull back and help someone who's going through that now, just like the story he just said, you don't, you don't have to be an expert at the thing. You just have to be two steps ahead of the person that's in the thing now. You just have to be the you that you wish you had. If you want to learn the skill set of how to do that, because it's not giving advice. It's, it's a skill set. It's a structure. It's a framework. If you want to learn how to do that, you can go to impactfulandpaidcoach.com. And I have a program that walks you through in 30 days how to package your story and how to build a business around it and how to change your corner of the world. That's good. Yolanda, is going to beep in four minutes. Go for it. Uh, good evening, everyone. You can uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. You can also follow me on Instagram, Christy.Rutherford. And I also have a free case study, How Women in Leadership Can Get a 30% Raise Without Getting Another Degree or Burning Out. And that's at Change Now with Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y.com. Again, Change Now with Christy.com. It's amazing. Uh, that's all I got. There it is. There it is. All right, and one more time, I am Donnie Wiggins. You can find me every Thursday on the Social Proof Podcast when we drop. And uh, you can also work with me. So I train and develop coaches and consultants from scratch. So if you have a skill set or information or experience and you know that you are destined to help someone get a result, have experienced a transformation, I train and develop you from scratch through my program called Six Figure Accelerator. You can get more information about that program at the word six, S-I-X, figure accelerator or sixfigureedu, I'm sorry, dot com, sixfigureedu.com. And then I also uh, generally work with entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their businesses uh, by leveraging systems, teams, operations, and marketing. And for that type of work, you can text me. Everybody in here needs to pull out their phone and just be on my text list anyway. I drop business gems on a regular basis. And you can text me at 404-737-2767. One more time, that's 404-737-2767. All right, ladies and gents, uh, that concludes this episode is uh, sponsored by uh, Nehemiah Davis and Inner Circle. Um, the most impactful uh, high-level mastermind for high-level entrepreneurs that are really looking to scale their business. So uh, make sure you reach out to Neil Deviso at Neil Deviso. Um, also, if you if you think of a topic for the next uh, Social Proof Seven, send me a text. All right, just send, just text me your ideas, your concept. Four zero four seven three seven four nine three five. My number is four zero four. Seven three seven four nine three five. We got a we got a bunch of topics coming up. I want to do um, all Scotty Pippins, meaning all number twos. So we got the we got the number one. We got Darius Daniels, but I want to I want to see the person who runs the operation, who runs the whole business. And we have a whole bunch of people who support the person that everybody sees. So any topic you can think of, just shoot me a text, and we will create an impactful discussion around it. Okay, so make sure y'all like, subscribe this video, share it with somebody. All right, we're out of here. See you later.
David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you'll also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.